0: Hello everyone, you good people out there. Welcome to All Things Nigeria. This is our second podcast show after our inaugural, which I am almost sure you all enjoy. I use the word almost advisedly, because we must have a place for some level of humility in our discourse. I hope you found our last podcast on Nigeria's educational situation interesting. In this episode, we are discussing an issue that has both domestic and international ramifications. It is the issue of the ongoing violence in Nigeria. Terrorism, banditry, herdsmen, kidnappings have been elements involved in this process. For the purpose of clarity and context, I have decided to make a distinction between terrorism as signified by Boko Haram and banditry and herdsmen. Kidnapping is sometimes a threat that cuts across all three. The issue in this course today is insurgency, terrorism, banditry, and the Nigerian state. In the course of this program, we will have the company of one of the foremost security experts in the country, Onyekachi Adekoya, who hopefully will help us remove some of the web surrounding Nigeria's precarious security situation. What can anybody say about Nigeria's many security challenges? In 2020, the Global Terrorism Index designated Boko Haram as the third most dangerous terrorist organization in the world. The headsman is not so fine in notoriety either. Perhaps, the frightening aspect of these challenges is that people are beginning to see the situation as intractable, unsolvable, unresolvable. This is not because the violence and killings have gone on for over a decade now, but because the argument has been made that the weakness of the Nigerian state and institutions of state are indicative of a failed or failing state. Obviously, the failing or failed state is not in a position to arrest the spiraling violence most worrisome is the government's several false claims on the status of the war effort the president Muhammadu buhari the minister of information Lai Mohammed, and the chief of army staff general tukor buratai have at various times claimed victory against the terrorists please listen to the insights from both the president and tukor buratai
1: you can put it uh, in a nasty way as you want but i assure you we haven't failed um Adamawa State, UB State are free from Boko Haram. Borno, which is the base, I think they have two to three local governments. Boko Haram has reverted to using IEDs, improvised explosive devices indoctrinating young girls from 15 years and below to go and explode it in churches in mosques in marketplaces, in motor parks they have now been reduced to that but uh articulated conventional attacks on centers of communication or and and uh, population in towns and so on they are no longer capable of doing that effectively so i think um Technically, we have won the war because um, people are going back into their uh, neighbourhoods. We have a committee on the ground, liaising with local governments uh, through the city and so on. People are going back. Our major problem now is rehabilitation with uh, over 1.5 million people internally displaced persons. Repairing the infrastructure, the schools, the health centers, uh, the number of bridges blown. That's what we are facing now. But Boko Haram, as an organized fighting force, I assure you that we have dealt with them. Look at what we have on the ground. Before May 2015, the Boko Haram were even in Abuja. They were in Kano, they were in Kaduna. They were penetrating down up to the south, okay? We had to stop them, mm. and for the past, you know, one and a half years, we've not had any attack in Jos, no, either in Abuja or or, or or Kano or many other places, even as close as uh, Gombe, you know, where there have been several attacks, we've never had it. Now they are only concentrated within, you know, certain areas in uh, in Borno State. Just last Saturday,
0: claims United Nations. About 110 farmers were gruesomely killed in Boruno state. Many women are also suspected to have been kidnapped by the terrorists during the the same attack. The government of President Muhammad Buhari is not beyond suspicion over its many failures to protect the people and communities, most especially in the north, the epicenter of violence. Be it in the guise of Boko Haram, herdsmen, bandits and kidnappers, certainly, The inconsistencies actions and non-actions of the government have combined to heighten people's loss of confidence in the government it is as a result of these inconsistencies especially over the refusal of the president to replace the service chiefs that the catholic bishop's conference declared in 2018 quote since the president who appointed the heads of the nation's security agencies has refused to caution them even in the face of the chaos And barbarity into which our country has been plunged. We are left with no choice but to conclude that they are acting a script that he, the president, approves of. If the president cannot keep our country safe, then he automatically loses the trust of the citizens. They continued. The president should no longer continue to preside over the killing fields and mass graveyard that our country has become. Of course. There is no guarantee that the replacement of the service chiefs is itself a guarantee of immediate success in the war that has now lasted more than a decade. It at least sends a message to members of the armed forces, especially the top brass. It also sends a message, even if somewhat symbolic, to the Nigerian people, that the president is angry and saddened by the inability of the service chiefs to turn the tide. It is no longer a matter of debate that the battle against Parole insurgency and enrichment has become one big flourishing business for all sorts of diverse interests, domestic and foreign. It has been speculated that the military generals, politicians, have and are still profiting from the conflict. This is the nature of all wars and conflicts, most unfortunately. Approaches to tackling the issue have been as confusing, uncoordinated, as well as both desire and deeply troubling. One of such. One of such was the bill earlier this year by the Senator representing Yobe East, Ibrahim Gedan, which sought to set up a national agency for the education, rehabilitation, de-radicalisation, and integration of repentant insurgents in Nigeria. Even though it it passed first reading at the Senate, there has been very serious opposition across many quarters in the country. It is seen as an attempt to reward the terrorists and killers of our soldiers and people, even while the, uh, the killings are still going on. At least this is how it is being seen by Nigerians. Again, for a relative, relatively for a relative period of time, there was information, even in the mainstream media, that government was absorbing the so called repentant to Haram into the Nigerian army. As alarming as this was, the authorities kept mute. Refusing to say anything about it, only to eventually come out with a denial when the story had reached a troubling crescendo. But there is an old African saying that there is no smoke without fire. Over the years, Nigerians have seen minor smoke become huge balls of fire. We are watching. The death toll as well as the economic losses to these acts of violence have been devastating. A Guardian Municipal report of the 15th February 2019 indicates that, in 2016, an estimate of 1.6 million people were displaced in various camps in three states, with a larger facility being women and children. Among the 7 million affected people in Northeast Nigeria, about 1.7 are women and girls of childbearing age who need sexual and reproductive health services. These are expected to have doubled at this time. The direct consequence of the influx of IDPs, internally displaced persons, has been the simultaneous increase in food insecurity, poor health services, poor water supply and sanitation in the registered camps. The death toll has been devastating. Rape, plunder and sacking of whole communities have been features of these acts of terrorism. What is to be done? Mr. Onyekachi Adekoya is in the house to shed greater light on the issue and to give us an idea or ideas about what is needed to be done to return Nigeria to the path of normalcy. Mr. Onyekachi.
2: So the military um, and director of um, uh, defence intelligence are quite aware of the task at hand. And they know what is required to prosecute this war. Uh, so I think we are pretty much playing a waiting game. And from my reading of the situation now, is the military has gotten to a point where it can go no further, which is why we we'll see the change in strategy in having super camps, which is uh, a move a departure from the Ford operating bases they had around the north. Is the problem with the initial strategy was that they they didn't have the the, the tools to multiply force um, and provide good logical support to to the troops on the field so uh, you you initially you had um, small small units of fighting men at the place trying to counter the insurgents as they operate but you know once the military spread itself too thin it didn't have the logistics or closer support that was required to prosecute that strategy so uh, i think it's just a matter of time before we deal with these issues now the issue of security is not just only doesn't rest only on the issue of defense defense is just a is a sect of security human security is now where the world security is going to And when you talk about human security, you talk about the person, the individual, his um, basic um, survival toolkit, as it were. So you look at the absence of loss or harm, then you look at the ability to fend for himself and his family and have shelter and have clothing and, and have medical care, which is why in 2019, The government recognizing the new trend or the paradigm shift um, developed a national security a national security strategy that pushed human security as a pillar upon which Nigeria's security approach will run which is a departure from state-centric approach so in terms of understanding the issues i think that we're having a, a better sense of what needs to be done the real issue now is the capability and the capacity to bring some of these fine aspirations we have in print to 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 life.
3: Okay, good. Let let me even let me even intervene. You you talked about the very last thing you said about um, you know uh, having all these good measures in print, and so that has you know it's not so much something that is. Um, uh, limited to uh, military strategies so with regards to the fight against terrorism. Eventually, yes. everything we do in this country, people talk about wonderful policies, whether it's in education, whether it's in healthcare infrastructure and all that. And yet, it is the same result at the end of the day. Nothing concrete actually comes out of it because of the implementation. Now, but the, the, the issue... The issue is, is uh, you, when you talk about capacity, you talked about, you talked about uh, the support given at a particular point in time in Liberia to the UN, you know, by the UN and the other international bodies and the rest. But we've yeah. also had support because the, the issue of terrorism is not a domestic issue, it is an international issue. And the international community takes it very, very serious. Because of the possibility of replicating what happens in less developed countries, of Africa, you know, in other parts of uh, the of, of uh, the world, Europe and America, once they increase capacity at home, the tendency to export it to other parts of the world is also here. It's also there. So all of these international bodies are very much involved. Either it's in the area of reconstruction or in the area of providing logistics, you know, for the for the country. And so they have also had their 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 fair share. You talked about the military spreading itself two things a country like nigeria 200 million people i mean in terms of population it the impression one has is that in terms of personnel nigeria has been turning down its armed forces for quite some time and so uh yeah maybe and maybe that's what you meant when you talked about capacity but the question i now want to ask is this you have tended to paint the military in rosy pictures i mean what they have been doing uh, you know and they, that seems to me a little bit political uh you, 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 you know uh, uh, where where is the issue? Because people have talked about all wars being I mean, people profiting from wars and all that. So it is not just a Nigerian issue. Every war guns are manufactured, they have to be sold. There are co- contractors who also have to make money. In some instances, especially in third world countries, army Generals and military personnel are also making money and there have been these speculations even in mainstream media in Nigeria that the Generals, a lot of people are making money. So it's in the interest of some of these people, even the politicians to con- to allow this thing to fester you know, for quite some time. Now, where is the issue of politics and the inability of Of the military to stem the tide, because you talked about yes, uh, they 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 seem to be performing well uh, under very serious uh, circumstances. But sometimes some of these things, these uh, efforts are being also being undermined by the politics at play in the in the country. Are you saying that uh, that is not an issue? It cannot be an issue.
2: Well, um, Achike, I think you want to you. So you are asking a question. At the same time, you are. You are also advancing a position. Uh, I'm not a politician. I don't work for the military. I work in security. I'm a fellow in different institutes in security. And I will tell you as it is. Yeah. There is a politics of security, I agree. Okay. There is a politics of insecurity, which I also understand very well. However, if you are saying why has this matter faster? on the ground my answer is very clear when i talk about capacity i'm talking about the the fighting efficiency of the force that we have whether it be in training munition equipment even supply and logistics listen you cannot prosecute a war the army logistics units or any logistics unit for any paramilitary or military is the, is the lifeline, it's like the heart. That's logistics true. is at the heart of everything. So when you look at the end-size crisis in, in Lagos, why has the police not, in Nigeria, why has the police not become fully operational? Because logistically they've been severely incapacitated. So we are fighting, the notice is very big. We have, yes, a population of over 200 million people, I agree. We have a military force of about maybe 150,000 plus or minus, less than 200,000, I would say. We have a police force of about 330,000 plus or minus, thereabouts. But if you look at the 2021 budget as it stands today, the 2021 budget, Nigeria will spend 5.6 trillion on recurrent expenditure. We are looking for about 60% deficit funding for the 2021 budget, and we have a huge debt burden. The government makes an argument measuring debt to to GDP. I think they are fine. But when you look at debt to revenue, we are in a very precarious situation. Yeah. But what is my point? My point is you need money to prosecute a war. Yes, I know there is corruption. Yes, I know we say the international community are supporting. They are supporting in terms of sharing intelligence to the extent they want to share yeah. and to the extent that it benefits them. They are supporting in terms of um, the humanitarian um, agencies and NGOs working within the theater of operation. Yes, they are providing support. But let us look at munition support. The Nigerian government has made several appeals to the United States, to some European countries for the, the sale and purchase from them of certain needed munitions. We don't have in this country up to 15 attack helicopters in this country. We have an almost obsolete Air Force that still, the, the pride of our Air Force is the uh, Alpha Jets. Those Alpha Jets don't have a long endurance life, lifestyle. The, at a the quick burst, the worst the Alpha Jet can do, it's about one to three hours. So they take off from Adamawa, they fly to the theatre. That guy doesn't have more than 15 minutes for a sortie. He has to head back before it goes out of gas. We can, we don't have equipment to refuel some of these aircraft in the air, and some of those aircraft themselves don't have the capability for over the air or, or um, over the air refueling. So we are looking at munitions. You are dealing with a Boko Haram force that is well entrenched within the Sambisa forest and Lake Chad region. You are dealing with people who have very sophisticated munitions. We are talking about French interests. Where does it it intersect um, uh, American interests? We are in the middle of a geopolitical um, chess match between America and China and Nigeria is smack in the middle. We have a couple of um, air-assets naval platforms from China, but uh, some of those things themselves have their own um, uh, limitations. America can equip Nigeria today if it's in America's interest. So what I just want to say is we mustn't believe everything we see on the paper. What the military needs to prosecute this war is stand-off munitions. Put me as I said, standoff off, initial. We need hard helicopter gunships. What are we what are we talking about? Nigeria yeah. as the giant of Africa. We don't have up to 15 <laughs> operational helicopters. You, and you want to prosecute a war.
3: Yeah, You, you know, when you, when, you, when you talk like this, it gives yes. us really an idea of how dire the situation in the country it,
2: is. The, the situation you know, is very it, dire. It, it,
3: it, is, it is dire, you know, and it is also sad. It's also sad that we find ourselves actually in this in this situation. I understand. Uh, actually, yes, actually permit yeah. me to cut you a okay. bit. Yeah. My
2: sincere apologies. No. Do you remember when we saw a serving major general yeah. It then, I think it was a the theater commander. Yeah. He was in the trenches. Yes. He, a video was made. He was there in the trenches with his yeah. men. Yeah. And saying, we are here. All we need is support. Yeah. That alone tells you yeah. the, the the depth of the problem. Of the crisis. Do you know how many, do you know what it costs Nigeria to lose a colonel Yeah. The years of training in the NDA, the years of courses and training, the experience to lose majors, to lose senior officers, the the ultimate sacrifice that the military is paying on the field. No, the, the so the military is not saying they are afraid of dying. Give us a yeah. fighting chance. Yeah. It, that's all they are clamoring for. So I mean we can we can sometimes, you know, postulate and make certain comments until you are on the ground, in the trenches. Yeah. Battling, you are battling an insurgent, uh, a swarm of insurgents They have like 20 mounted, mounted guns against your position Your ammo, tanks, whatever it is that, that has been brought to you Maybe fired one or two shots, then combusted in itself you are, your, your assets you have on ground are completely failed Your, your 50 caliber machine gun is jamming and all you have to confront these people on 20 mounted trucks are just 8 point seven.
3: Okay, 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 good, good. You know, so, in a way, I think you, you expressed some optimism, really, uh, the very first time you spoke about, uh, first of all, is the will. The will is uh, sometimes uh, different from the capacity and the ability. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so we separate it. Our, our people have the will, our soldiers, especially our fighting forces, have the. They showed it in Cameroon, I mean, in, uh, in Sierra Leone, they showed it in Liberia. At the time, they were described as uh, one of the best fighting, ground fighting forces in the world. Uh, yes. You know, uh, and and that was that was the truth then at that particular point. And I understand what you also talked about supply lines, the vast you know areas, operational areas in the northeast and the, and and the rest. And so, if they do not have adequate supply lines for materials and men and the rest, there's going to be a problem. I think Russia or the German Atlantic, they had when they invaded Absolutely. Russia, when they invaded Absolutely. when they invaded Russia, and they couldn't get men and 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 the equipment across the line and the rest. And that that end, it is you know was. It's disaster for them Absolutely. now now the issue is this um it's oftentimes even nigerian security personnel inspectors general of police in the past have talked about the need for the government to do something about the economy because the economy a decadent economy more moribund economy seems to be the feeding ground for this kind of activities you know and, and so uh, and that 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 you know comes to the issue of um of counterinsurgency measures. And from counterinsurgency measures, the inter- impression people have is like just about military tactics. You know, it's about military tactics and all that that needs to be done. But counter you know, you know a, a counterinsurgency measures also involves the social like winning the hearts and minds of the people also at the same time. So there is the you know application of that. To win the hearts and minds of the people, that means job provisions, that means uh, you know uh, employment and all of these other things, also rehabilitation efforts and the rest. Apart from purely military, you know, uh, uh, response to the issue, and it would appear at this level because even when you look at it from a security perspective, you are also aware of the things that are leading to this insurgency, you're also aware of those things that make people want to join in an insurgency and all that. So, how do you think, how, do, how how can you marry the two at the same time?
2: That's fine. Um, absolutely, you're very correct. Um, the issues in economics, talk about non institutional constraints or non institutional factors. Uh, that really impede on some policy direction. In this case, now we're talking about the hardline security and the side to it. Uh, You can only provide security within a context. Yeah. You see? And uh, if macroeconomic conditions are not good, then you create conditions for other vices to thrive. Because man, at his very business level, has to bother more with the issues of survival and self-sustenance yeah. and you know once you push people to that stage then um, um, it's not like we're supporting certain things but yeah. you then have to begin to battle with a different level of um, complexity yeah now this is where we are and root cause of our problem if you look at Nigeria yes every region has its own peculiarity but the question is, why has insurgency and and banditry continue to fester in the north yeah why the north in particular the numbers don't lie the indices indices will show you that um, the northern region has the highest level of poverty
3: yeah
2: in nigeria yeah indices will also show you that they have the highest level of illiteracy Yeah.
3: yeah
2: in nigeria now what the other indices would not show you is that there is completely a failure of local governance in the north because the local government structure is almost non-existent and nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. So you have large swaths of land, large spaces. Some local governments are almost as big as half of Lagos. <laughs> and then there is no sense of presence, government presence to the people. The people don't even know there's a government. There are those people who cannot even recite the national anthem, who are Nigerians, yeah. who can recite the pledge of Nigeria and they're Nigerians. They are there living, trending, surviving, and they don't care about Nigeria. They care about self survival every day. Yeah. Most, most of us Nigerians don't know the name of our local government chairman. In our case, in Lagos State, you don't even know the name of the LCD chairman. But this tier is a tier of government that takes direct from source, from the revenues that accrue to the Federal Republic of Nigeria, with little or no accountability and this issue of lack of accountability is made worse in the north and we always say nature abhors a vacuum so no governance nothing i mean all sorts will begin to thrive yeah okay. and that's why this is festering in the north i will continue to fester because the political class continues to subjugate the people and keep them bound for political experiences
3: okay okay thank you thank you very much i i think i really appreciate the very last thing maybe i would want to uh, ask you about is this this uh, discordant tunes from the government um uh, today is it is it the right thing is it perhaps they are trying to show all public confidence and they're not uh, get people too frightened about uh, what is going on i mean they, there's always the tendency for government officials including uh, the president the minister of information to tell us about uh, the level of successes they have had you know against the insurgency in the country they tell us it's been technically defeated uh, you know or that uh, it has been decimated uh, reasonably well and all that and then even the the chief of uh, army staff Burrata, had at one time or the other also told us about how they had have been able to stifle uh, insurgency, but shortly after that we, we have a more horrendous uh, response from uh, these people. Should that be the position of, of government or should government be much more open about uh, the problems to the people?
2: Well, the truth be told, no government in this world tells you all the problems that they have or the issues that they're having to deal with at any time, even for public, for the sake of public safety. You know, government should be seen to be doing something and should also be seen to be reassuring the public, you know, that you know, uh, certain things are being done. Otherwise, um, if you create a panic in the country, um, you people may resort to anarchy and self-help. So, um, you, I mean, you can't fault the government, even the US government, also in the height of their crisis with the coronavirus. Um, you know, President Trump says you must show leadership and provide some level of reassurance to the people while you are battling with the issues. Um, I'm sure that in the other meetings with the security chiefs I do hope that the governor, the president, the governors and everyone are getting the real picture of what is happening on the ground and they know the truth at least um, within themselves and they know what they need to do, which, I mean, that's another kettle of fish, again, um, because the political class, uh, I mean, um, they, are, they are beginning to understand now the issues. Just, um, I think, yesterday, Northern Group passed a vote of no confidence on the president on the issue of security uh, just this last week. An APC chairman was killed, a PDP chairman, a party, local government chairman, so was also killed. Uh, we are also in a state of mourning in this country because over 100, the UN reports that about 110 Nigerians, farmers, were slaughtered in cold blood, you well, know, so the chicken yeah. is coming home to roost gradually. Oh, today, yeah. Yes, and so, so now, even, you are now hearing the clamor from the northern elites, on the need for state police because it is clear the the assumptions we held on security five years ago are no longer tenable. nigeria is now a nation of over 220 million people yeah so now when i said i understand the politics of security and insecurity now nobody wants to play politics with security yeah governor zulum's convoy has been attacked at the last count at least four times he is having an ongoing battle with the insurgents as he tries to reclaim back his state. You see? So it's a battle of wits, It's a battle of hearts and minds. He needs the people back in their farms, in their community.
3: Okay, okay. okay. Now, now, okay, I, I, I wanted that to be the last, but something just came to my mind, and that is the very absolutely last question I'm going to ask. You will think that in the midst of all of this, uh, that um, at least if not for any other thing I'd let it be a symbolic you know, gesture just like you have said even if to, today you change service chiefs, for instance it might not make so much of a difference because of the issues that you have enumerated it goes beyond even that but yes. is it not at least for the purpose of even political expediency and also telling the people that I'm angry enough about what is going on people have often talked for the, how many years now the service chiefs are not delivering. Why not have a change of service chiefs? Why not? Why not allow that happen? Uh, you know, uh, why do you think the president has been so hell bent? Perhaps some, there is something he knows that we don't know. I don't know. Why do you think, from that perspective, he has remained transigent?
2: Perhaps there is something you also know that I don't know because constitutionally, the president has the power to retain the service chief and fire yeah. them at his will. So. Yeah. You know, maybe I mean we we shouldn't be pondering to all these suggestion of regime protection. Let's look at the real issues. I understand that sentiment, and I tell you what: if I'm the president of Nigeria, I wouldn't change the service chiefs because the service chiefs are not the issues. Okay. The president is the commander in chief. Can we can we go straight to the heart of this issue? The service chief reports to the president. The president is the CAC. He's ultimately responsible for the security or otherwise of lives in Nigeria. The 100 people that died in Borno State on the table of the president. The level of insecurity in the Northwest put on the table of the president. Whatever insecurity challenges we have, it's on the table of the president you know i think that
3: reminds me of uh, the statement uh, ibrahim babangina made in the wake of the anomaly of the two, two, june 12th election and all the criticisms and protests that were happening all over the country I had to address the nation he said something that is significant that I still remember. He said, look, so many things happened, so many complexities that led to the anointment of that election. But because he's the president of Nigeria, the box stops at his table. Absolutely. I, I, I think, you know, um, that was very, very apt. So I want to leave it at this. You've been, it's been wonderful engaging as somebody with so much uh uh, you know diverse uh, abilities, especially but, when it so, comes to. <laughs> let me cannot
2: just even. Add, okay, add, please so, do. So again, just qualify my statement. The president is constitutional, most powerful president in the world. Yes, he has all he needs. He has all that he needs constitutionally to ensure the safety of lives and property. And if he so determines that sacking the service chiefs will help him achieve that, the box stops at the table. And if he retains them because he feels retaining them or changing them is not the issue, the box still falls at the table. So uh-huh. it's the president we must hold responsible, not the service chiefs. Because look at the constraints generated.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes, we can have ingenuity, we can have other ways innovative ways of confronting this issue. I don't know if you employ technicians or technical persons sometimes. You will think because they are technicians, they are all-knowing. No, even as the owner of the job, your input is still required. Yeah. Your insight as to what exactly you want is still required. When you go to a tailor, you say, I want this design. The tailor's work is to sew and produce the design what is the design the president has asked his tailors in this is the service to make for him
3: well well uh, put um uh very well put we i really appreciate this has been quite enlightening talking to you uh, on this and you can be sure that uh, if uh, there's a need we we'll always want to come back to you thank you very much have a thank wonderful day much, thank you Well, in obedience to the laws of gravity, it is said that um, everything that goes up must come down. What has a beginning has an end. This episode of All Things Nigeria had a beginning, a beginning that unfortunately has come to an end. So we most reluctantly say goodbye to all you ardent listeners out there. Thank you. They will come at you with a much more interesting episode the very next time. It's bye. Have a good rest of the day.